Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. On this episode of Brazen Education, I'm going to focus on how to diversify your career options in education. In my last podcast, I talked about how I transitioned to different roles. Some of the listeners reached out to me and wanted to know more about how did I go about doing that. So this episode is going to focus on the different ways I picked up the various licenses I have. There are five different ways I obtained licenses, and here they are. The first way was picking up a degree. The second way was taking courses for a program. The third way was through district-funded options. The fourth way was taking the test, and the fifth way was by using work experience. So I'm going to break down all those options. But before I break down the options, I think it's important to point out the licenses I currently have. I have a 5 through 12 English language arts license, a 5 through 12 reading license, a P through 12 reading license, and later I'll explain why I have two overlapping licenses. A P through 12 English as a new language license, P through 12 library media specialist license, and a P through 12 school administration license. So if you're listening to that and you remember what I said last time, I've had various roles. I've been an English teacher. I've been an English as a new language teacher. I've been a literacy coach and I'm currently a library media specialist. I can work in elementary school, a middle school or high school, and I have worked with students in every single grade K through 12. The good thing about that is I know what my favorite grades are, I know what my least favorite grades are, and I know what the pros and cons are at each level. I will say to you right now, I am clearly a middle school person. I absolutely love middle school and I know some of you just shuddered when I said those words, but I love it. I could walk into a middle school right now and be fine. It doesn't mean that I don't love my current role, but once you work with every single grade level and you see all the stuff, the maturity and all those things, there's just something about the quirkiness and the uncertainty of middle school that I love. So maybe I'm just a little bit crazy, but I love it. And I will say it takes special people to be a middle school person in kindergarten. When am I ranked the grades, kindergartners is down there at the bottom. They are. Mm, God bless y'all kindergarten teachers. That's all I got to say. So let's get into how I picked up these licenses. The first two licenses I picked up was um, were my 5 through 12 English language arts license and my um, 5 through 12 reading license. I went through the English education program at Purdue University. And through that program, you left the program with two licenses. So I left there. Um, I went into the program just trying to get an English license to teach middle and high school. But that program, they made us take extra literacy and reading courses so we could also leave there with a reading license because they thought it was very important that we had a strong reading background. So out of the gate, I had two certifications. What I really wanted to do out of the gate was teach high school remedial English. I wasn't able to find a position like that, but that program really um, got me thinking about we needed more people to work with students who somehow get through the system and can't read. And that's really your last hope before you graduate is that someone intervenes and gets you on track. So you're going out here and you're a competent reader. The next license I picked up after that was English as a new language. 
By the second year of my career, well, my first year of my career, I worked in the suburbs. So all my students were white except for three. I had one student from Saudi Arabia, one black student, and one Hispanic student. Then I went to go work for a charter school that just newly opened. And at that time, I said, you know what? Second year of my career, and I always knew I wanted to go and get a master's. I said, let's do this. The year before, the, actually the weekend before I started my first teaching job, I married my husband. I said, you know what? I don't want to do my master's right now. Let me just enjoy being a newlywed. By year two, I went ahead and did my master's. I originally signed up for second, uh, what did I sign up for? Secondary education or something or other. And when I was talking to my advisor, he was like, what do you want to do with this? And I said, I just want a master's degree. And he was like, that's not good enough. What is the point? He said, do you just want it? Because at the time in Indiana, if you got your master's degree, you got a pay raise. Now, if you live in Indiana, you're probably rolling your eyes right now because you know they took that away from us. So you no longer get a pay increase when you get your master's degree in Indiana, which I think is crazy. But that's not what this podcast is about. And he said, well, if you're going to go and take all these classes and spend your own money, you should at least leave here with a license. And that was the moment I started thinking about, you know, picking up certifications. My husband um, is a database administrator for the state of Indiana. And when he thinks about what he can do, he doesn't necessarily think about getting a degree. He thinks about what type of IT certification I could pick up that makes him more marketable. And so when the professor said it to me, I immediately thought about my husband's job. I said, yeah, that makes sense. So I said, what do I really need help with what am I struggling with and at the time the charter school the majority uh, well I won't say majority almost half of my students were English language learners, and I had no clue what to do with them because although the literacy component I got at Purdue was great we didn't get much training on English language learners at all so I didn't know what to do so I switched my major to language education and with that I picked up my English as a new language license which allowed me after eight years of teaching English to transition from middle school down to elementary school and to become an English uh, as a new language teacher. But before I made that transition, I was at a school where um, we were failing and we were getting close to that fifth year because at the time in Indiana, once you got to that fifth year, you had to make some changes. One of the changes was to remove 51% of your staff. And when I was looking at you know, the department I was in, I was at, even though at this point I had been in the school uh, for a few years, I was still at the bottom rung when it came to tenure. So I'm like, uh, regardless of data, I'm thinking that, you know, the, uh, the last one in, the first one out. I said, I could just be out if, you know, we fail another year. So I need to find something else I could do because one of the options when they say you want to get rid of 51% of the people is to give them a different role out of that subject area. So it doesn't necessarily mean they had to leave. So a lot of teachers in the building started taking tests to pick up licenses because another way you're going to pick up a license is just by taking a test. So I looked into what test do I think I have the knowledge in that I could pass. And the one that people said I should take, well, Shantae, take the library media specialist test. It's mostly English content. If you if you could teach English, you can take this test. So I went and purchased the study guide. I looked First, I looked on the the Department of Education website to see what I need to do is say all you had to do is take the test and get a certain score. So I bought the study guide, studied the study guide, and they were right. Most of the content was literacy. There was like part literacy. There was some like technical library stuff. And then it was like classroom management, how you would 
implement something. I said, I think I could do this. Sure enough, I took the test, passed it, boom, another license, P through 12 library media specialist license. So I had that in my back pocket. Um, there was an opportunity, there was a role that came open. I didn't get that role at the time. I didn't worry about it. I kept t teaching English. And another thing I mentioned was taking courses um, at district funded options. When I started my master's degree at the charter school, I looked into will they pay for any of the classes? And they did. So they reimbursed up to a certain amount of my tuition. I have no uh, student loans, no debt. So when I decided to do my master's degree, I was paying it out of my pocket, out of my salary, because I really try to um, live a debt-free lifestyle. I'm not completely debt-free at this point. The only thing I have now is the mortgage on my house and the loan for my SUV. So I'm getting to the place where I'm almost there. Um, but at that time, I was like, I'm not taking out a loan for anything. So I looked at two, will they pay for it? So they pay for some of the classes. When I transitioned to my next school, and I picked up um, the license for ENL. They had a program where they would pay for courses if you got that particular license. So uh, even though I had completed the program, got the license, I just had to show that I took the classes. So I gave them my transcripts and then they uh, cut me a check. So I wasn't even expecting to get a check, but hey, if they said all I gotta do is show the transcripts, you're gonna give me the money for the classes. I showed up real quick with those transcripts. So you always wanna look into what will your district pay for? And even if you don't even know if you want to do that right now, if somebody's going to pay for it and you've got the time, I say jump on it because you never know when you're going to hit that wall where you're like, I need to do something else. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. I got a license for that. I can go transition, switch this role real quick. So that's something to keep in mind. After that, um, I worked. So I did English for eight years, worked with English language learners, and then an opportunity came to uh, coach literacy. At the time, I was doing the Teach Plus Policy Fellowship, and there's 11 different school districts in Indy. The biggest one is Indianapolis Public Schools, and they were really trying to encourage people to, you know, work at IPS. They had a teacher leader position, and I was like, I could go be a teacher leader. And essentially, you would take a job in IPS, and then they would pay you to do some teacher leader. But for me to go to that district, I had to take a $5,000 pay cut for my salary, not even knowing if I was going to get one of these roles to get that stipend back. Good thing is I went to the district. I was able to get one of those teacher leaders role and I did pick up the stipend. So essentially I didn't feel um, the pay cut. But when I went to get the literacy coach job to actually get a job in IPS, they said I could come in for an interview. They recommended me for the job and then HR calls me and said, you can't have this job. You don't have the right licensing. And I'm like, I have a reading license. And they said, well, your reading license is five through 12. And you're going to be working in an elementary school that covers kindergarten through sixth grade. So you could only coach teachers in fifth and sixth grade. And we need someone to cover all the grades. So I, I'm like, what can I do? Because I can't just magically pop up with a license. She said, hold up. So she said, let me contact the Department of Education to see if there's any way we can work this out. And that's when I found out about using work experience. I was coming there from an elementary school. So all I had to show is that I worked in this elementary school. It also helped that by this time I was teaching um, psycholinguistics for reading teachers at a college, um, a college in Indy. And so I was also teaching pre-service and current teachers how to teach reading better. And that was K through 12. So they used my work experience to grant me a P through 12 reading license, which allowed me to take this elementary literacy coaching job. And I had no clue you could even use work experience to pick up a license. But the DOE approved it. I paid a little fee to add a little license on. And so that's why I have overlapping licenses. 
So while I'm in the district, I'm doing these teacher leader roles. And, you know, people are like, Shantae, you should do this admin program. And it was another one of those district funded. It was actually district funded and then partly funded by the university. And throughout my career, actually, as early as my second year in the classroom, people were like, you should be a school leader. I was like, look, especially year two, I was like, um, I'm right here just trying to keep my head above water. What y'all talking about? Craziness. But throughout my career, people kept saying it. And especially when I started coaching teachers, people were like, I think you can do this. And when I first started coaching teachers, my school didn't have an assistant principal. So, and if you've ever been a coach and you're listening, you already know you're, you are a coach. And then there's that little fine print that says other duties as a sign. A lot of times those other duties is administration work. And you know, I had to get a recommendation from my principal. So I said, hey, will you write me? And he's like, yeah, I definitely will write you. And so when my principal had this confidence to even write me this letter for the program, I said, so I was like, look, look, folks, to get into this program, I had to do an application, get a recommendation from my principal. Once, and then I got past the first step. I didn't think I was going to get past the little application step because you had to do this little essay and everything. I'm like, oh, okay. Then you had to go downtown to uh, interview with the district people. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I had interviews that. Then I got through that round, and then we had to go interview with the university and do a whole thing, which I actually can't speak about because we had to agree not to even say what we did um, for that. So I got, and I, let me tell you, it was intense. It was so intense that right before I had to do what I had to do, I almost thought, about, I'm like, this is just too much. But I said, you know what, Shantae, if you came this far, you should at least go through it. And if you don't get into the program, at least you knew you put in all the effort you could. So they picked 16 of us. And I got into the program. So I paid a third of the tuition, the university paid a third, and the district paid a third. And so with that, I could have went longer and picked up a second master's degree. And when I talked to my, I ended up talking to my parents about it. My dad's like, for what? And he is not paying you for no extra master's. If I just pick up the license. And so that's what I did. And so those are the various ways I picked up different licenses. And the, the biggest tip I think about to my advisor that I want to leave with a lot of teachers here is if you're going back to school just to get extra letters after your name, don't do that. What's more valuable and that and makes you more marketable and makes it easier for you to transition to different roles is picking up the license. I mean, maybe you're in a state where they're paying you for the jump. When I first got my master's, I did get a pay raise. But after that, um, well, the, the law here shows us that they don't really care about how educated teachers are here because they won't uh, pay us more, which I think is crazy that you don't care how educated your teachers are. But like I said, that could be a whole whew, another uh, podcast episode. So if you're sitting here right now and you feel like you're stuck, but you don't want to walk away from education, you might need to transition into a different role. And the other thing I made sure I did was put myself in a place because if you pick up the license, the second thing you need is the experience. And so I was able to transition uh, to English as a new language because I had a track record of working with English language uh, learners and helping them move academically. When it came to being a literacy coach, I had a track record because my principal was interesting. He already had a coach and he said, I'm looking for someone who knows how to interact and talk to and teach adults. And I had already been teaching at the university for three years and I had a, it depending on what it is, I use my university as um, work as a reference, depending on what I'm applying for. And side note, when you're applying for a job, just don't use the same resume and the same references. Tailor your references and your resume to that position. 
And he said, you know, they uh, he reached out and he said, you know, people, uh, there are good things being said about you, how you interact with adults, because if you think you can just talk to adults the same way you talk to children, you'll find out real quick uh, that teachers won't like you. They won't open up to you and they won't work with you. And so that allowed me. So you need to pick up different licenses and you need to put yourself in positions where you can show that you can transition from one role into the other. And you need to think about who are the people that could be my references that can speak to what I can do. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. And if it has, just um, you can tag me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Educator Barnes. Just tell me what you uh, thought about the episode. I know some of you know me personally, so you've been sending me personal messages. So I really appreciate that. And I will catch you on the next episode.